So second, second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Be on the screen. Actually, used these scriptures last week. We shall use it again. So, again, thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. And the Lord is good. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing in captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. That truly is the warfare that we're fighting today more than anything. Is to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's really the battle that we're fighting. And I'm going to continue talking about the weapons of our warfare tonight. Talked about it last Thursday, and we're going to continue talking about it tonight. Lord, bless such our lives, our hearts, open our hearts, spirit, and understanding. Help us to receive, God, what you have for us here tonight, in Jesus' name. So I want to pick up on that same thought again tonight, is the weapons of a warfare, you can call this part two, whatever you want. But as last week, as I introduced us to the enemy and those who wasn't here or didn't hear that and want to hear it again, you can go back to the podcast. I urge you to go do that, share it, like it, go to whatever venue you listen to our podcast and send it out to everybody and let them hear it. But we have an enemy of our soul, the devil. He wants to destroy us. He uses our flesh and he uses the world to fight us. And that in a nutshell is who our enemy is. But we cannot fight this battle unless we fight it in a spiritual way and with spiritual weapons. He did not leave us without weapons. But our weapons... Brother David, are not the weapons that we think we have a lot of times. It's not our own thinking. It's not our own uh, wisdom. It's not our own knowledge. It has to be fought spiritually. And that's what the scripture that I've read here tonight says that we may walk in the flesh, but we can't war after that fleshly thing. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves caught up in fleshly battles. We get mad. We get upset. We get hurt. We get depressed. That is letting the flesh control and win the battle. And we cannot do that. We have to fight this thing spiritually. That's why he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God. They're mighty to do what? Pull down the strongholds. And God's given us spiritual weapons to fight this spiritual battle. If he told us it's a spiritual battle, then he's going to give us spiritual weapons. And the best place to start with spiritual weapons is we have to put on God's armor. Amen. The armor that God's given us. And we find that in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Sister Penny, we cannot fight this in our might. Amen. As much right now as I'd love to go, we're, we're fighting a spiritual battle right now in Marion, in this church. We're fighting a spiritual battle. We're, we're right at 15 years that this church has been here, and the devil is using the pandemic and everything else in this world to try to, to slow us down and keep us from being able to do what we need to do, and, and we're fighting a spiritual battle and as much as we'd like to go and we need to go invite people to church and all that stuff, the best way that we're going to fight this battle is going to be with the spiritual weapons that God has given us. It's through His might. We, we can't, I'm thankful for good singing, good, mus uh, good music that we have. I'm thankful we've come a long ways with that. I understand that. 
But we're not going to sing them to the altar. And we're not going to get enough programs going on to get them into the church. That's going to help, but it's not going to keep them in here. It's going to take his might. It's going to take his power. And the way his power works through us is when we put on the whole armor of God. And that what he says in this, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's the same thing we've seen in Corinthians. But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're fighting some wickedness in high places right now Amen. in this nation. He said, Wherefore, taking to you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand... In the evil day and having done all to stand. So he's got two things here. To withstand and to stand. And he says stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all taking on the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts. Everybody say all. all. That's very key. All the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication and Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We are called to be soldiers. We are in a war. Amen. And we're called to be soldiers. God's not a wimpy God. But He's got a wimpy church a lot of times. And we're not going to be wimpy if we'll put on his armor and fight with his weapons that he's given us. Because that's what he said. You're called, we're called to be soldiers and we're called to endure hardness as a good soldier. So Sister Penny, he's telling us it's going to be hard. If you're not interested in the devil fighting you, then you should quit going to church. And a lot of people does that, but they don't realize the consequences is if you just quit fighting, you're going to lose. Yeah. And I really think people, I, I'm y'all be praying for me. I'm, I'm fixing to preach on hell again. I want to. I want to get when we get some folks here, uh, or when the time's right, whenever God leashes me to do it, I'm fixing to preach on hell again. But we need to realize it's real. Amen. And and uh, here here's the, you know, here's the result that if we don't fight, we're going to go to hell. And I think it's critical for us to understand how to be a warrior. How to win the battle over the enemy. Amen. That's why I talked about last week about who the enemy was. We need to understand that the enemy is the devil. And he uses our fleshly desires, our fleshly wants, our fleshly fears, all this fleshly stuff. And he combines that with uh, the worldly allurements out there. And we've got to figure out how to overcome all that stuff. Because if we don't, we're going to we're going to lose out. When we get up every morning in our life, uh, it's important that you put your clothes on. Yep. If you're going to go out, please put your clothes on. <laughs> now you're right. Ain't nobody want to see that. Put some clothes on. Can't <laughs> get amen out of that. But it also need to understand, it would do us well to understand that if we're going to be a successful child of God and we're going to win this uh, warfare that we're in, we've got to understand that we need to suit up yeah. to win this battle. Amen. And not just... And here's, the, here's, what, here's the problem we have. We only suit up when we're in the battle. But we've got to learn to suit up Every day. Amen. Because every day we're in a battle. Amen. Every day we're in a battle. And this is why I think so many people are losing this battle, Brother, Brother Jimmy, is because the only time they're getting their, uh, their armor on is when they see it coming or it hits them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but uh, if you've ever been sucker punched in your life, it's, it's a little bit different, you know, than scrambling trying to find something to, to protect yourself versus already being proactive and ready to, to win any attack against us. And in the book of Ephesians, Paul, he gives us powerful weapons that we can use in our daily walk. Everybody say daily walk. Daily. 
Because in, in this spiritual warfare that we're fighting, it's a daily battle. Daily. Everybody say battle. Daily. It's a battle daily. So Paul starts this passage of Scripture with a charge to us. Not, not my text, but in, in Ephesians where he talks about the, the armor of God. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong. What does he say to do? Be strong in what? The Lord. In the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul's letting us know that unless we take this charge and we're not, unless we're willing to be strong, then it's a good chance that we're gonna we're gonna give in to temptation. And we will ultimately lose this war. And he's letting us know it can't be with your own human strength. It can't be with strength that, that comes from all this other stuff. It's got to come from God. And, in, and if we're going to, the, the weapons of our warfare is, I think about Brother Donnie so much. We, Brother Donnie, you know, 22nd, a year ago he died. And I think about that so much when, when he was battling for Sister Lois to get her to come to church. And, and uh, they was talking about it on the podcast the other night about Brother Donnie so many times how even myself, I'm thinking, why are you even doing this, man? She's not coming back. But Brother Donnie fought a spiritual battle and he won that thing. Amen. She showed up. And not only her, but Ashley showed up too. Both of them were baptized in Jesus' name. Both of them filled was filled with the Holy Ghost. And Lois, I don't know if Ashley's going to church or not, but Lois is going to an apostolic church right now in Mississippi. Amen. Yeah, she may not be where she was when Brother Donnie was here, but look where would she have been if Brother Donnie had not fought that battle. Amen, that's right. And the thing is, he said many times, he said, I'd like to just punch that devil in the face. But no, he didn't do that. He'd done it by fasting he done it by prayer he done it by faithfulness to the house of god he he figured out i can't do this alone i i, I can go down there he even tried a couple of times before she come home he tried to go down there and bring her back it didn't turn out well but when we learn to fight with god's weapons and it just can't be our strength it can't be our human strength but it's got to be coming from god that's why the psalmist said in psalms 27 and and one he said, uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Right? Mm -hmm. See, with us, it's impossible. With God, it's all possible. Everything's possible. Amen. John said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And somehow or another, we think that we're greater. And it's not us. It has to be. It has to be Him inside of us. And He He goes on to say in Ephesians eleven, He said, "Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil." He, I think He's emphasizing. We got to put the whole armor on. Yeah, we've got weapons we can fight with, but the it, it's not going to do no good to go out and fight with a sword without the rest of the armor. It's not no good out there with a shield without the rest of the armor. It's no good to have the helmet of salvation on if you've got nothing to fight with. We've got to have all this stuff in our life. Amen. Why? To stand against the wiles of the devil. And I, I know we talked about last week about who our enemy is, but this gives us a little bit to tell us how the devil works. Wiles. That word wiles means deceit. It means trickery. It means craftiness. That is the methods. That's the way. That's what he uses to try to defeat us. He'll deceit you. He'll, he'll lie to you. He'll trick you. He uses all this craftiness in his life. Oh, that's just one little simple song. It's not going to hurt to be on your podcast. It's just a guy. It's no big deal. You can talk. You can text to text with him, the guy, girl, whichever. You know, it's it's just uh, that job's not going to hurt your walk with God or that 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 uh, 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 that friend you're talking. That's not you know. That website's not going to hurt nothing. That movie's not going to hurt. But he's using deceit and trickery. He's, he's using craftiness. That's the methods that he uses. And Paul tells us about this spiritual warfare that, warfare that we're in. He, he gives us these important truths about this enemy to let us know. He said, verse 12, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. If our spiritual eyes could be opened up to what is around us, Against powers, against rulers of darkness. He didn't just say darkness, Brother Texas, but rulers of darkness. 
There's a ruler of darkness in Marion, Kentucky that is trying his best to keep people depressed, keep people uh, with a, a poverty mentality thinking, you know what? Your mom and dad and everybody else was this way. Now you're going to be one. That's the principality that we're fighting in this city that that's, uh, uh, keeps people hating each other and all that. There is principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in this world. It's a spiritual wickedness in high places. There's people right now who are really sitting in the United States. There's some spiritual wickedness in high places right now that's trying to destroy the church. This Equality Act that they got going on, the only thing that is is to try to put somebody like me in jail who wants to that, that, that's going to preach the Word of God and preaches against homosexuality or transgender or, or not just that. Let's go farther than that. Other acts of sin. And, and it's just, all that is is just to try to, uh, to break down the church. There's a, there's a powerful message. I don't remember what sites on Brother Joe Campitella preaching about uh, what's happened since the election and everything. It's very powerful. I need to find it out. I'll find it. I'll send it out to some of y'all. You need to listen to it. And he's talking about what's going on right now in our nation. This is the principalities that we're fighting right now. Amen. The Bible says they're powerful. And it lets us know that they're not only they're powerful, but there's a lot of them. Principalities. Powers. Rulers. It's, it's letting us know that it's a large number that's against us. It lets us know not only that, but they're, they're organized. Principalities. It means there's a prince in the middle of this. They've got this organized. Rulers. They've got it organized. We need to get our life organized. They're, they're, they're ruling the darkness. We need to mess up that darkness Amen. with the light. You're right. Amen. The spiritual forces of wickedness, they desire to destroy our walk with God. Yes. And I'm glad you're in church tonight. Amen. We've got young people here tonight without parents, without people to bring in them. You're here, and I'm thankful that you're here. You wouldn't be here if you didn't want to be. And I see your I seen your response earlier after I got up and said what I did. I and that that impressed me, and I'm proud of you for that. See, we're we're in a battle for our soul, and we've got to fight. And and, and see, and the problem is that we were made in the image of God, and that's the reason we're fighting this battle. Because every time the devil sees us, he sees the God that created us and he realizes they were made in the image of God. They were put in my place. Amen. And that's why they're fighting us. And he's called us to be a soldier in this spiritual warfare that we're in. And as soldiers, he didn't leave us without weapons. He gave us weapons of warfare. Amen. And we've got an armor that we've got to put on. And that's why he said in verse uh, 13 of Ephesians 6 he said take you on the whole armor of God yeah. for a reason that you may be able to withstand in the evil day we're in the evil day right now Amen. Amen. and he said and having done all just stand yes. and, and we're going to take on that whole armor of God to withstand this evil day that we're living in if taking on the armor will help us withstand, then it will stand true that the opposite of that will cause you to fail. So if we don't put on the whole armor of God, you're not going to be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. That's why we got people right now that's not in church. That's why we got people that's unfaithful. We got people that's fighting sin. We got people that's fighting all this because they're not fighting. They're giving in to the temptations. And the reason they are, they don't have the armor on. They don't have, they're not, they're not uh, uh, suited up for the battle that we're in. Hey, we're in the battle of our life right now. Amen. There's a war on terrorism. There's a war on all this other stuff. There's a war on guns in America. There's another shooting and all that stuff this, uh, this last week. And there's a war on gun. There's a war. But let me tell you what, the real war is against the child of God. And he, he mentions that evil day that when the, the enemy is, he's going he's gonna to launch out an all attack. He's launching that now. We are there. And if we don't have the whole armor, we're not going to stand when the enemy comes in like a rushing flood. Yeah, yeah. 
And he's coming in right now. And our greatest hope to stand in this evil day is we've got to put on the armor of God because we have weapons of this warfare and there's so much with just within. There's other weapons that we have, okay? There's a lot of things we can do. But if we can't get this part first, then we're going to be kind of open prey. Amen. And to be strong in the Lord is we've got to put on this armor of God and we need to strive to do that every day. Paul says, finally, my brethren. You know what it said? Finally, my brethren. He didn't say, finally, pastor. Finally, song leader. Finally, musician, lay minister. He said, my brethren. What does what he say? Finally, he, he said, everybody. Every, every one of us. So don't just leave it to the priest. Everybody, we've got to put this armor on. Put on the whole complete armor. Every element of this armor needs to be on us so we can stand against the devil. To stand. That, that means upright, on your feet. We've got a lot of people that's laid down. He said, but if you'll put this armor on, you're going to be able to stand. You're going to be able to stand. It's going to be, a, it's going to be an upright position to, uh, that we can maintain, get this attitude in our life. And let me tell you what, it, it's important that we've got, that we, we realize I can stand against the enemy. Amen. And this battle is, is for every one of us and we've got to put this armor on. And we should put every piece of armor on before we go out into the battle. When do we go out to the battle? When your eyes open up in the morning. Some folks, as soon as your eyes open up in the morning, you're already fighting depression. You're already fighting fear. You're already fighting anger. You're already fighting unforgiveness. You're already fighting hatred. You're already fighting lustful thoughts. You're already fighting all this as soon as your eyes open. Because most of us, as soon as our eyes open, we reach for the phone. For the alarm. Right. How convenient. And then you see all the notifications up on top of it. Turn every notification off your phone you can. It'll make your life better. Amen. Because that's a battle we're fighting. Every day battle. It's not just Sunday, but it's seven days a week. 24 hours a day. We are in this battle. Even while you're sleeping, the devil's trying his best to fight against you. And, and, and here's the powerful thing about uh, the, the weapons that we have, the weapons of the warfare, this armor of God. It is actually, this armor of God is actually the very characteristics and the attributes of God Almighty Himself is contained in the armor of God. Now, I'm not this smart. This, this, this thing I'm fixing to read is, is not my original. I found somebody else who wrote this. I'm not this smart. But if we're going to talk about the armor of God, we need to see this because he, uh, this thing that I read said, each piece is a manifestation of Jesus Christ in life. Listen to this. The loins gird about with truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. The breastplate of righteousness. We have no righteousness for our own, but He is righteousness, right? Okay? The feet shod with the preparation of the gospel peace. He was the gospel. The shield of faith. The, hey, we have to have faith in Him. And we have that shield of faith. We have actually Jesus Himself in our life. The helmet of salvation. Well, He was, the, he was salvation. The sword of the Spirit. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So when we put on the whole armor of God, we are literally putting on Jesus Christ in our life. When we have the whole armor of God in our life, the, the scripture says in Romans 13, 13 through 14, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. How, how do we put on God? How do we put Jesus on our life? With what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, by putting on the armor of God. And we put on Christ, we're covered with the armor, and the enemy has a hard time getting to us. That, that's when, when we put on this armor, we put on Christ like this, that's when our lives are hid with Christ. Amen. And when we're hid in Christ, 
the devil really is not going to mess with you too much. That's when we stop living life and we start living life more abundantly. When he wake, when we wake up in the morning, we arm ourselves. I, I feel the Holy Ghost in this day. We're going to hear this. When we put on the armor of God and we, and we walk out of our house, we're walking our day and the devil looks at us and says, I can't touch that. Amen. I'm not forming that today. Amen. I'm going to leave that alone. See, it's when our lives are hidden in Christ, that's when we start walking in the abundance of life. And when we use the armor of God, we're, what we do, we're releasing the power of Jesus because he said, what he said, it's not in our might, it's in his might. So when we put on the armor of God, we're giving him permission to work through us and we become, uh, as Jacob was talking about earlier, uh, about his hands and how we become him in this world. When we put the armor on, we begin to walk through this world. People say, there's something different about that person. Amen. Because we have the one, we have Jesus, the power of Jesus, the one inside of us, he begins to manifest on the outside of us. Yeah. So so let me, let me talk about each of these pieces of armor tonight because this is our weapons. This is what we have to fight with. All right? Amen. And the best way to use the armor, honestly, I heard Brother Mark Brown talk about this, and I've done it so many times. I've talked about it a little bit last, last year at one point. But the best way to get the armor in our life is we can use it as a prayer pattern. Amen. And we can pray the armor into our life. But let's talk about what each thing is. The first one, verse 14, is the belt of truth. The belt. The belt is just, according to the armor, it's just a piece of armor that wrapped around the waist. According to, to uh, the studies of it, the belt had two purposes. It was to hold the soldier's clothing next to his body to keep him free from being tangled in the battle. It kept everything in place. This, this uh, belt of truth. It kept everything in place. The next thing was to strengthen and protect the loins or the organs that reproduce and also gets rid of waste. The belt, it covered this area right here. And, and we think about in the aspect of what truth is, truth is Jesus Christ, the Word of God. John 1, 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And when we put on this armor, what we're doing, we're taking this truth, and we're putting that into our life, and we're putting the, uh, when we put truth in us, what it does, it gets rid of the things that we don't need in our life because it opens our eyes up to the fact of things that we don't need. What happens when we have this belt of truth uh, and we have garbage coming in, we're like, uh-uh, that's something that's not part of truth and it begins to push it out. When we have the truth of God and when we start praying for God to, to uh, allow us to fight uh, uh, this battle that when we have this truth in our life, we can fight without uh, uh, hesitating with things in our life. We know certainly that God is, we're wrapped with His truth and holding everything tight. It's holding all the essential things that we need in our life close to us. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And what the truth does, it truth will it will protect our witness so we can continue to reproduce ourselves in God. Amen. Because that's an important part of, of what the truth does. It holds from, from some of the studies I've done, it holds everything else together. And when you don't have this belt, the armor that, that they had, if you didn't have the belt that this is compared to, all the other stuff would fall off. So truth is number one. We've got to have it in our life. And when we got this truth, what it does, it protects our witness, which is what's designed to reproduce. And it also uh, puts in our life, it protects the part of us that gets rid of waste in our life. And to be honest with you, the reason a lot of people don't get rid of waste in their life because they have no truth to gauge it by. So it's easy for them to download that song they don't need to listen to or to watch that movie they shouldn't watch or to, to have that friend in their life that they don't need in their life because they don't have truth to gauge it against. And what that ends up doing, it also damages their witness because somebody said, you watch that? You listen to that? 
Make sense? So when we're armed with truth, it protects us. And this is the thing. We reproduce after our kind. And if we're not in truth, we're going to give birth to something because this is what truth does. It protects the reproductive area, okay? The belt of truth. It's, it's, it's around the loins. And if, if we're going to reproduce after a kind, so if we're not in truth, we're going to give birth to something that's not right. And that can destroy us. So we need to pray, God, help me to release any spiritual waste in my life that I don't need. Every day we ought to get up and say, okay, God, this is one way you put on the belt of truth. God, I need your truth in my life today. Lord, if there's something my eyes need to be opened up to, let the Word speak to it. Let somebody else speak to me. And God, if there's something in my life that I don't need, let me flush it out. Okay? So truth is what keeps us from being tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. That's why we got people come in, they're here one week, they're here for a month, and they're gone for a month because we're tossed to and fro with all doctrine because they never got a grip on truth. Amen. And we need the belt of truth in our life. We got some young people here tonight that you need to get a hold of this truth. You need to read this word. You need to fall in love with preaching. I'm glad you're here at church tonight. You need to fall in love with the house of God because we need the belt of truth. And then we need the breastplate of righteousness in our life. Because what does the breastplate do? It covers here. It covered the body from the neck to the thigh. And the breastplate's main objective was to protect all the, the major vital organ, organs of our body. Specifically, the heart. This, it's talking about uh, uh, righteousness in our heart. And how it's got to be protected. We need righteousness in our heart. And righteousness is something that, that uh, it is imputed to us. The Word of God says it's imputed to us. Or it's credited to us. It's given us. There is no righteousness in us. It has to come from Jesus. Amen. And the only way we're going to get that righteousness is when we know the truth. See how it all ties together? And He puts that in us and He gives this righteousness to us and the way He comes to us is through the blood of Jesus because we have no righteousness. We don't, we don't deserve it. But 2 Corinthians 5.21 lets us know, For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And we must put it on. We must strive for righteousness of Jesus. All right? And this is where many people, a lot of the, the liberal agenda out there, they miss it. They only see something that's imputed or assigned and not something that we have to put on. But according to, uh, to Titus 3, 5 through 7, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing, regeneration, and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made His heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We couldn't work our way into salvation if we wanted to. Amen. But now that we are saved, we've got to strive to have a life that pleases God. Amen. That's what's called righteousness. Titus 2, 11, 12 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. What's it doing? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should soberly, righteously, and uh, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. What's he saying? We need to strive to live a life of godliness, okay? This is the righteousness. This is how we put that breastplate of righteousness to protect our hearts. And we need to protect our lives and strive to keep righteousness in this heart. Amen. That's why Jesus said, lead us not into temptation in His prayer. So we need the breastplate to be on us so we choose to be a part of, uh, uh, of righteousness and not unrighteousness because 
His righteousness on our lives protects our heart. Make sense? I hope so. I'm trying to make it make sense. And then it says we need to have the, the gospel of peace. How do we do that? Anybody remember what it says? By what? Shod our feet. Right? Shod, it's a shoe or a sandal made with nails that grip the slippery ground. And what this shows that it was, it gives us an air of when you have this, this, these shods on, you have a readiness to go into the battle quickly. So, like if it's time to go, you've got your feet shod. You've got your basically it's like nails sticks in the ground. It's a readiness to go out in the battle anytime. And when we've got our feet shod. We're prepared to go wherever and whenever. And, and, and here's the thing. Jesus wants us to follow Him through every part of this life. We, we've got we've to put these shoes on. We've got to get up in the morning and say, you know what? I'm going to make sure that the gospel is with me everywhere I go today. So if I run into somebody that needs the gospel, I can give it to them. Or if I run into a situation where, where I look like I'm about to go under, I can remember the gospel. The gospel saved me. Amen. The gospel is the only message that can change a life. And when we've got this message uh, it, on our feet, prepared wherever we go through our day, wherever we walk through our day. This is this weapon that we have that Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So when we walk in the gospel of peace, we have peace which will win a lot of battles in our life. And we walk through this, we walk through this world with this gospel of peace on our feet, and, and, and we, we're prepared for anything because we got the gospel. And this is part of our armor. The belt, the breastplate, the feet shod with preparation of the gospel. And then we need the shield of faith. The shield, it was a large shield. And it was carried to protect the body from. The fiery darts of the enemy. These darts that the enemy shot at us, shot at their uh, at at them, they were dipped in pitch, which was like tire, tar, get tar, not tire, tar. And then they would set them on fire. And it basically was their arrow. They would dip it in this pitch, set it on fire, and then pull it back, and they would shoot. And the whole goal was if that arrow hit your body and that tar was on it, it would catch you on fire. It would burn you up. And the Satan still has fiery darts that he is shooting at us. And it's important to have that shield of faith in our life. This is the weapons of our warfare. But when we've got this shield, Psalms 3 and 3 says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my life. Amen. Psalms 33 and 20 says, Our soul waiteth for the Lord for our help and our shield. Psalms 84 and 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. When we pick up the shield of faith, we're placing Jesus in front of all the fiery darts that's being shot at us. And our faith in God messes up temptations in our life. Our faith in God messes up those evil plots that the devil is trying to come against us. All these scheming, the wiles of the devil. I, you know, we, we've got to get this mindset. This is what the shield of faith is. I've got faith in God that no matter what comes against me, God's got this. This is what this shield of faith is. This, the, the shields of old, they were made of wood, but then they were soaked in water before every battle. It was soaked in water before every battle. So that when the fiery dart hit the shield, it would catch the shield on fire. So the shield couldn't be dry. Our faith can't be dry. Amen. 
It's got to be saturated, as Charles has said, with the Word of God. And it's saturated. We have a, I remember Brother White preaching a message years ago at a men's retreat uh, about the soggy shield. And boy, you know, we, they soaked that shield because all them darts come in. Basically, it would put that out. And we put on the shield of faith. We are soaking that faith with faith. And we're uh, soaking that shield with that faith and trust that God is going to take care of me. And, and, and that's, that's what it is. Our faith and trust in God. Amen. Faith is a decision of knowing that God has got this. And that's got to come from trusting. And that comes from a relationship of knowing who God is. Knowing that no matter what happens, Jesus is going to take care of me. Our shield of faith will protect other areas of our lives that may be weak at times. That's the purpose of the shield. It's mobile. Alright? So, I feel like my faith is failing at times then my shield can help protect if, if my, my breastplate of righteousness my faith in God can protect that when I'm unsure about other things when I have that shield of faith I know that it can protect me because I know that God's got this and then the helmet of salvation brother um Jimmy's talking about this young man that had that wreck. Hit a deer on a motorcycle. He had a helmet on. If he hadn't, he'd probably be dead from the way it sounds. A helmet's very important because it protects a very important part of our, our world. It's our head. Because head wounds is very hard to get to live. If you get hit in the head with a bullet, your chances of making it, knife, whatever, your chances of making it is going to be slim. And Satan attacks our salvation through our mind. He, he, he attacks our thought life to try to capture our mind in our thoughts. And Satan will do everything he can to penetrate our mind with lies, deceit. Romans 8 and 6 says to be carnally minded, that is fleshly minded, <clears throat> is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And we've got to allow the Spirit of Jesus to cover our minds. Alright? Romans 12 and 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind <clears throat> that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Part of our text, 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Ephesians 4.22-24 says that you put off concerning the former conversations of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So when we put on the helmet of salvation, we are renewing our mind through the Spirit, through the Holy Ghost, that will keep our minds on the one thing that matters more than anything else in this world. What this helmet is named after. The helmet of salvation. Amen. When we can view everything we're dealing with in life <coughs> through the scope of Calvary, it will change things. When I can view everything I'm dealing with through the fact that I'm saved or salvation is in control, whatever, we can view everything in this world through that. It protects our mind and our thoughts. When I have the helmet of salvation on and somebody is mistreating me, it, it should remind me the fact of Jesus hanging on the cross, looking down at them and saying, Father, forgive them. It should remind me of what Calvary is all about. The helmet of salvation. What salvation is all about. About saving and bringing everybody into salvation. And when we've got this thing, this helmet of salvation on our, our, on our head, protecting our mind, protecting our thoughts, the devil has a hard time fighting us. Amen? Verse 17 of Ephesians here, 6, it said, Finally, 
the sword of spirit. And the sword is both an offensive weapon and a defensive weapon. It's used to, defi uh, to protect. It's used to fight off. It's used to, you can hold it up to help protect you. Or you can also use it to attack. So the sword is used for a defensive me mechanism and also an attack mechanism. The sword of the spirit, we know, is the word of God. Amen. And by using the word of God, it is one of the greatest weapons that we have. <coughs> this is why I push reading the Bible so hard. You guys know that. But we can protect ourselves against the assault of the enemy and we can win the battle day after day by having this word in our life. Having the sword in our life. Jesus, we know, used the word. What did he say? Turn, this, turn these stones into bread. He said, no, it is written. Man can't buy, live by bread alone. Look, throw yourself down. And the angels are going to catch you. Look, he said again, it is written. I think it's in Luke chapter 4. He said, look, you can worship me. You can have whatever you want. Here he comes again with the word. It is written. If we can get a grip on God's word and we refuse to let it, uh, to, to uh, let anything else take the word out of our life, the word can help us win nearly every battle that we're going to fight in this world. We've got to have the word. And listen to me. We're losing the word in the generation that we're in right now. Our Sunday school teachers tell me our kids don't know enough about the Bible. Whether they're playing games or not with what they're doing down there, you kids need to learn the Word of God because it's going to be your saving grace one of these days. We need to know who David is. We need to know uh, who Moses is and who Noah is. We need to know some of these stories. We need to put the Word in our heart because one of the great end time telling things is that many shall be offended. We are in the whiniest, babiest, offended generation I've ever seen in my entire life. Amen. We're offended at everything. But the Word of God says in Psalms 119, 165, one of my greatest favorite verses in the Word of God, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. If we can have the Word in our heart, it doesn't matter what you say to me. It doesn't matter how much you come against me. It doesn't matter how you try to hurt me. When I've got the word in me, you cannot offend me. Amen. And one of the biggest reasons people leave church is they are offended. Now, I'm going to tell you, if the devil can offend you, he's going to run you out of here. And if we're going to fight with the weapons of warfare, one of the greatest weapons that we're going to use is the word of God. And we need to read it. We need to pray it. We need to memorize it. We need to put it in our heart. Because uh, if we have it in there, what did David say? Thy word have I hid in my heart that what? I might not sin against you. David even said, if I've got it in here, I'm not going to sin against you. The word is one of the most powerful offensive weapons and it's part of the armor of God. And it also is one of the... the most powerful offensive weapons and defensive weapons. It it cuts Bible says going both ways. And it would be it would do no good to have all this other stuff and not have the armor of God. I'm fixing to bring this to close because a lot of times we just say that's <coughs> that's all the armor. The sword's the last thing. But Ephesians six and eighteen says this. This really wraps it up praying always with all prayer and supplications in spirit watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints all these pieces of the armor are for us to battle with in the way we really truly put this on the best way to do it is through prayer that's why Paul closes this with telling us to pray. Praying always with all prayer, supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Somebody can come play. Um, this is what I want us to do tonight. I want to challenge you to do this. You need to get Ephesians chapter 6.
not necessarily right now here but you need to get it and you need to highlight it in your Bible it would do you well to take it and um, maybe write it out on a piece of paper something use it start using this for a prayer pattern in your life and begin to pray begin to pray every day specifically in the mornings specifically in the morning if you can and pray this armor on our life mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 18 pray this armor on our life because I said earlier when we do that as the scripture says we are putting on the Lord Jesus Christ when we're praying the armor we're literally putting Jesus on our life and and as I said earlier I'm, I'm trying to find it here real quick you can stand with me each of these pieces it's like a manifestation of who Jesus is Jesus said I'm the way the truth and life that is the loins we have no righteousness our own but Jesus is righteousness that's the breastplate of righteousness our feet shod ready with the gospel of peace he is the gospel the shield of faith that is Jesus himself he is the faith of salvation he is our salvation and we know that the sword of the spirit is Jesus and we put on the armor of God we are fighting with the weapons of our warfare that's what it give us yes there's more the Lord willing out I might talk about some more of them there's submission is a powerful weapon that we have praise is a powerful weapon that we have so many weapons that we have the the elders in our life they're powerful weapons the church but all of that is insignificant if we first don't suit up for the battle we got to put this armor on so whatever way is comfortable for you i challenge you to start taking this as a, as a uh, project for you that you're going to say you know what i'm going to make sure i've got this armor on my life every day so we can find a place to pray in your best way tonight. Maybe we can just pray and ask God to help us suit up with this armor. We have this armor in our life. Jesus, help us. Let, let's talk to the Lord for a few minutes.